What's going on, family? It's your man, K-Mark, coming at you with another episode of the 310 Podcast. Family, my apologies for my for my absence, but your boy in, in mid-December caught tonsillitis. It went on for about three and a half weeks, and trust me, your boy was not at his, at his A-game. That tonsillitis is no joke, so if you never had it before, don't ever get it. I swear to you. It'll, it'll, it'll knock you down. Your boy had a temperature. He couldn't eat. Bertie could drink. And trust me, this thing went into the Christmas holiday. And for those who know me, you guys know how much I love my mother's cooking. So when I couldn't eat, eat that, you know, it was, you know, it was something, something pretty serious going on. So, yeah. So with that being said, yeah, I couldn't talk. I mean, it's, it's like when I ate or breathe or swallowed or, or something it was like swallowing razor blades so your boy was down then on top of that me I had some things going on I'll share with you a little bit later on but um yeah I had to handle some things on the home front and so in, 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 in the meantime me so I've been I've been anxious to get back to you guys to talk about get into these sports I mean it's a lot that took place in both the NFL and the NBA while I was gone and I've been itching to get back and talk to you guys and so here I am I'm coming back at you bringing bringing that knowledge to you so sit back relax and take a listen okay family let's talk some basketball so Getting into the NBA, we're looking at these um, the Eastern Conference standings. Right now, the 76ers have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They clinched it last night with a win over Orlando. So now, Philadelphia, with their 49-23 record, will have the best uh, home court advantage throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs. So now, the question is about the 76ers, is Ben Simmons? My thing is, though... You don't have to shoot the three, but just be decisive, be offensive minded, at least. I mean, if, if Ben can put up at least 20 to 22, Philly will win. They'll, they'll, they'll win the title with ease. It's just the fact of the matter that at times that he is so lackluster and doesn't look for his shots that teams can play the play four on five. So, and that's why, honestly, that's why a lot of 76er fans ha- are kind of apprehensive about this team's playoff chances because, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get from Ben Simmons. My thing is, though, you don't have to shoot the three, but at least, at least shoot the mid-range, at least make, make yourself a, make yourself an option, at least, and so that, because that's going to open up for Embiid in the middle, and speaking of Embiid, I mean, he's definitely had a tremendous season, possibly the one of the main reasons why the Sixers have the record that they have is because of his consistent play. I mean, he's pretty much avoided any major injuries. I mean, he did have a couple scares during the regular season, but for the most part, he's remained um, virtually almost injury-free. So with that being said, you got um, the 76ers followed by the Brooklyn Nets with their three-headed monster of KD, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. And right now, they're they're at 48-24. and Um, My only question about the Nets is that can they can they get some cohesion? I mean, they won five in a row. I mean, we've rarely got a chance to see all three play. And then, honestly, when we when we did, it was fantastic. I mean, this is a, those three right there have enough horses horsepower to not only get to the finals but win the finals. Um, I know, and I know a lot of people question their defense. However, their defense has improved. And like I said, I mean, and before injury, I mean, you could pencil, you could have penciled James Harden in as the MVP because he's been very selfless this season. I mean, I know a lot of people they they talk about his hot dogging, but no, James is this is probably the best I've seen out of James Harden because not only is he stroking the three, playing his all his all around offensive uh, game, but like I said, he he's um, hitting you with the assist. Like I said, he's being unselfish. And of course, you got Mr. Kyrie Irving, who, man, who who's who can hit any type of layup and go into traffic. I mean, he's a clutch performer. And then, of course, you got the Slim Reaper, Reaper KD, just doing his thing, pulling up from 30 
with a seven foot wingspan, just an over and just an offensive talent that 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 we that we've rarely have seen in 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 the association. So the Nets, I mean, you know what? I'm definitely interested to see how they how they do in the playoffs. Um, follow the Nets um, have 48 wins, and that is followed up by the Milwaukee Bucks, who was slight, who was quietly slid into that third spot. Um, I think Giannis, uh, Giannis and company, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. So it looks like we may get that second round matchup of the Nets and the and the Bucks. I mean, they played um, about two weeks ago when the Nets um, when the Nets went to Milwaukee for a two game series, and the Bucks won both games. So, like I said, the Bucks are going to be they're going to be a tough out this year. Um, nobody better sleep on them. Now with that, you get, you get, you got, finally, we finally got the Knicks back into the playoffs. My goodness, it's been since 20, uh, since 2011, since the New York Knicks, I'm sorry, no, 2012, since the New York Knicks made the playoffs. And I will say this, the league is a lot better when the Knicks are, are winning and doing well. And so, I mean, it's nice to see them back, back in the playoffs. I mean, we haven't seen the Knicks with a consistent playoff push since possibly the, the Patrick Ewing Charles Oakley, John Starks Knicks in the mid in the mid nineties. Um, that that was a team that was um, basically a rough and uh, rough and tumble team, sparred by their defense, and they would win. They would consistently win fifty games, occasionally occasionally win sixty games, and go deep into the playoffs. So let's see how the Knicks do. I, I definitely like love the way Julius Randle has played this season. He's played like an MVP type of player. Um, you also have the resurgence of Derrick Rose, and Tibbs has those boys playing well, which is definitely not not a surprise to me. Um, follow that by the Atlanta Hawks, who who won the, the Eastern Conference South Division, which is a very mediocre division as, as it is. But I mean, you know, it's been a minute since the Hawks has been in there. And then you got that by the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. And that's that first round matchup between them and the Bucks is going to be is going to be very interesting because mind you, if you guys remember, the Heat knocked the Bucks out in a in a shocking upset last year, and so definitely Milwaukee's going to be looking to get some revenge. But I mean, you cannot question the heart of Miami with Jimmy Butler and those boys. They're going to be ready to play. Spolstra, you already know he you already know his resume. So a, he's a Pat Riley disciple. So you already know. They're gonna bring that heat and bring that defense. Then you have the playing game. And please, people, this is really like my first time fully, fully breaking down the play the playing game. So hey, if I don't get it, hey, don't don't come for me. But hey, but if you wanna hey, give me your your opinion on it, hey, I'll gladly take it and take any type of correction. So it looks like me in the seventh spot, you have Boston followed by the Washington Wizards. In ninth spot in the ninth playing game, you have the um, the Indiana Pacers and, and the Charlotte Hornets. So it looks like what's going to happen is going to be Boston and Washington playing in the first playing game, and then you also going to have the Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets play in the second playing game to see who gets those final two playoff spots. So hey, let me know what you guys think about that. So moving on to the Western Conference, you have. Two surprises up top of the West, and I don't believe any. And if anybody had predicted Utah and Phoenix to be the top two spots in the West, hey, shoot, man, you should have went to Vegas and put some money on that one, because Utah they have the least best record with with the 51 and 20 record. Um, they came out smoking this season, and before Donovan Mitchell's injury. I mean, he was definitely on pace to have um, to be one of the names in the MVP uh, discussion. Um, they kind of slid a little bit, but it looks like they've regained that form. And right now, it looks like they're closing in on the league's best re- on the league's best record, something that they haven't had since uh, 1998, when the Jazz made it all all the way to the finals, only to lose to the Bulls for the second straight year in six. Um, you also have the Phoenix Suns. Who have the second best record at 51 and 21? Um, they won seven uh, seven out of, their, out of their last 10. They're playing very well. I know a lot of people like to bring up the fact that Phoenix is playing very well, and because of coming off what they did in the bubble. However, I mean, no, I attribute what they're doing this season to one thing and one thing only: 
the addition of Chris Paul and we'll get and I'll get into Chris Paul in a minute and what I think about him as well as um his chances for the MVP but right now yeah the Suns are number two in the west followed up by the Denver Nuggets who really um they're um in the third spot with a 47 and 24 record and right now um as we're speaking right now, they're losing to they're getting smacked by the Blazers. Actually, one thirty to one fourteen in the fourth quarter. So it looks like they're going to be. It looks like they may be entrenched in the number three spot. However, that's um, they're they're actually being chased by the Clippers. Who yeah, but they the Clippers just lost to the Thunder, um, one seventeen to one twelve. And so right now it looks like um, the way that it is right now, the Nuggets are going to stay at the number three spot. And the Clippers are going to stay at the number four spot, and that looks like that's what's um, how that's going to end. They followed by Dallas and Portland in the five and six spot. Now with those the with the playing game, now and a lot of you guys know that I do not like the Lakers. However, if LeBron and AD were healthy, stayed healthy the whole season. The Lakers will far and away have the best record, and honestly, the overall overwhelming, overwhelming favorites to possibly win it all. But with Brian and AD out, I mean, the Lakers they definitely struggled, and they are. I mean, right now they're 41, 41 and thirty. Um, they they're five and five in their last ten games, and they have to play in the playing game. And so it looks like they're and it, it's they're it looks like they're going to play Golden State. Because um, right now, Golden State, they're in the eighth spot. They're, they've won six in a row. Steph Curry has been in fuego and definitely has a chance at the MVP. I'll, talk, I'll get into that in a moment. But Golden State, my goodness. I mean, this was supposed to be the year that everybody said that Curry was going to get exposed. And you can see a lot of the casuals who really don't really follow the game or really don't know much about the game. They will say something like that. But Curry won the scoring title and has the Warriors in position to make the playoffs. Follow up that by the Grizzlies and the Spurs who play in the in the second uh, playing game. So we'll see what happens with those those two. But honestly, I mean, I would love to see Golden State and the Lakers both in the playoffs. Like I said, it means Steph and LeBron um, definitely will. Um, it's definitely going to be a fun week coming up in the playing game. So, hey, like I said, I mean, I really don't know the full the fullness of the playing game. And however, if someone wants to kind of just give me that information, hey, please by all by all means do it. <laughs> so overall, um, and speaking of the playing game, um, LeBron made some um, he made some um, some um, some talking points about the playing game, and he was saying that whoever came with the playing game uh should be fired and now my thing of my my thing about that is is he saying this because the lakers are, will be forced are forced to play in the playing game or yeah i mean well or, or would or matter would he be saying this at all if they had the best record in the nba i mean come on i mean brian's kind of talking out of both sides of the backside um on this one because honestly i mean like i said I me mean, last year I me mean, he's on he's talking about hey look yeah let 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 such and such uh and i forgot who who are all playing in the playing game he'll say hey let them all play let them play it off those final two playing spots it'll be, i think it'll be great and so now he's kind of criticizing the playing game when he was praising it just a, um less than a year ago so it's kind of like contradicting yourself but you know what it's lebron so hey it is what it is so um in terms of the MVP race, and like I said, I mean there 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 are several players that that deserves the award. I mean Embiid. I mean the first. I mean probably like the first stretch of the season, it looked like it was going to be LeBron easily before those injuries kicked in. Then you had matter of fact, it was a race between LeBron and, and uh, Joel Embiid because Embiid was putting up some major numbers and putting um. And actually having Philadelphia coasting with the um, with the the best record in the East, and like I said, I mean he was already he was having a career career season. However, I mean he did have I me mean, like I said he didn't have like the the crippling injuries that have played him in the past. However, he was a little banged up, but he he was missing some games, and also he was also missing some games due to rest. So that that may have taken him out of the MVP race. Um, Jokic from Denver definitely has. Um, um, definitely, definitely has a say in this in this race because he's also been putting up major numbers, especially after Jamal Murray went out 
Uh, I mean, he's definitely bringing the bigs back into the game, which is, hey, I, I, I love it because, I mean, I'm definitely a big of the, um, a fan of post-play and and just kind of having the bigs back, um, brought back into the game. Him and B both have definitely brought the center back, um, play back into the game. Um, you also have Steph Curry, who, like I said, a lot, a lot of these casuals saying, oh, Curry's going to get exposed because he doesn't have Clay, he doesn't have Draymond. However, this dude just won the scoring title. And he's been putting up some, in, he's putting up some nasty numbers. He's putting up 40 some, he's putting up 40 burgers. He, I believe he had a 50 point game. And he's just playing so consistently and just, playing playing like the MVP Steph he just doesn't have clay with him or anybody else but no Steph is Steph definitely has a claim to this MVP trophy however I believe the MVP of this season should be Chris Paul shout out to my boy Mike Stafford on his podcast because he was pretty much echoing the same the same sentiments as I was um was that basically if you look at what CP3 is doing is um, coming to Phoenix from OKC is very similar to what Steve Nash did when he came to the Suns from the Mavericks in 2005. You know what I mean? And from uh, from where the Suns were last year, yeah, they won their final eight games in the bubble. However, man, they're playing garbage, and they just happened just to be in the bubble at, uh, and play and, and eventually played well. But like I said looking at it now and just looking at where they are I mean from to going from out of the playoffs the year before to having the second best record in the NBA man give that man give that man CP3 the MVP and and I and I've always said this CP3 reminds me of another this version of Isaiah Thomas just the way that he manages the floor he gets everybody involved however it's it's clutching it is 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 a pit bull and it's clutch. So yeah, give that man the MVP. He definitely deserved it. Um, and so yeah, that's yeah, that's my thoughts on the MVP. Yeah, and Chris Paul definitely MVP. But like I said, I mean a lot of um, other players have claimed to it. Like I said, honestly, if I say give him like my top three, I, I'd say CP3, Steph, and and uh, Jokic are the MVPs. Oh, you know what? Hmm. I may want to swap. You know what? Let me switch out Jokic and put in Embiid. I'll still put um, Joel Embiid um, in there um, as like as a top three MVP candidate. Yeah, I said it. So you know what? If you don't like it, tough luck. But anyway, that's it for the NBA. I'll be back to talk about some NFL. Okay, family. Um, this this past weekend we had the Hall of Fame enshrinement for the 2020 um, the 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, definitely a star-studded cast. Probably one of the best Hall of Fame classes ever. I mean, you get Patrick ba- um, Bonham, and, and I'm sorry if I butchered his name. I'm sorry, Bauman, Patrick Bauman, uh, Tamika Catchins, um, one of the great um, WNBA players. Um, you get Kim McCauley. Um, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, Rudy, uh, former uh, NBA championship coach Rudy Tomjanovich, along with um, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and the late great Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, definitely emotional. Um, it was definitely emotional uh, ceremony. Uh, I'm really just hit the. I'm really just gonna hit the four. Um, Rudy Tomjanovich. Kobe, Tim Duncan, KG, because I know more about their careers. Yeah, and that's not that's not a slight at the others, but I just know more about those four. And Rudy T, um, definitely the one that came up with the quote: "Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion." And he said that um, after the Rockets swept the Orlando Magic during the 1995 uh, NBA Finals, and that was the year where they were the fifth seed, the sixth seed, and ended up. Um, went going all the way and winning the NBA title by not having the home court advantage and Hakeem played out of his mind that whole playoff tourney but yeah Rudy Tomjanovich definitely the architect of those um, great Rockets teams um, Clutch City and so I mean shout out to him and his wonderful um, coaching career um, especially I mean he, me also me he was also um um, an, an outstanding player, and mind you, um, a lot of people don't know, but 
I mean, that 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 issue with uh, him and Kermit Washington, where Kermit Washington literally knocked him out and literally and literally broke his face, literally, and he had to have facial surgery, had to rebuild his uh, rebuild like the 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 bones in the, in the facial fragments, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, and this, mind you, this is like in the seventies. Um, the next person is Tim Duncan. The big fundamental, um, arguably the greatest power forward to ever play the game. I know um, people say Malone, some people say Barkley, some people say Kevin McHale. Honestly, I say Tim Duncan because, I mean, he could do it all. He can shoot, pass, um, score, defend, block shots, play good post position. I mean, no, he's literally what Shaq said, the big fundamental because he did everything. He had like that, that, that bank shot that he can hit and just an overall great player um five-time nba champion uh, multi-time three-time finals mvp rookie of the year i mean what more can you say i mean all-star uh co-all-star mvp with shaq in 2000 and just like i said i mean overall i mean like i said the greatest probably possibly the greatest power forward ever played the game then you have kevin garnett the big ticket out there arguably one of the more versatile power forwards to ever play the game. I mean, I remember him and Tim Duncan used to go go at it, especially when KG was with Minnesota and and Tim Duncan was with the Spurs and like they would go at it. And yeah, I mean, I mean KG is also one of those uh, players who could do it all. I mean, he can score, rebound, I mean, very unselfish. Um he finally won his NBA title with the Boston Celtics and just overall I me mean, arguably like one of the great all-around players in the um to ever lace him up and i was definitely happy that he was finally able to get that nba title because i mean he was definitely loyal to the soil with minnesota i mean he did not want to leave and it, it took like some convincing from others say kg get your butt out of there and, and go to boston and so yeah he um he he got enshrined and yeah, I'm definitely happy for him. I mean, he was uh, he was presented by Isaiah Thomas, another Chicago legend. And, and I'm sorry, going back to Tim Duncan, he was um, um, he was um, brought in by David Robinson, and finally, the late great Kobe Bean Bryant, uh, the Black Mamba, arguably, my opinion, the second greatest two guard to ever lace him up. I mean, his relentless relentlessness is unmatched. I mean, him and Jordan were like on par in terms of their relentlessness and their competitiveness. I mean, their will to win was basically second to none. I mean, you don't really see players with that type of will to win as Kobe and Jordan had. And that's why Michael took a great interest in Kobe because I mean, he saw so much in him that reminded him of himself and so of course it's like they gravitated to one another and gosh i mean i just really hate that we lost him not only him and Gigi, but those other um those other individuals that was lost in that helicopter accident last year but i mean just i i i really wanted to hear what kobe had to say going into the hall of fame um i mean i just wanted to hear that competitiveness of him coming out and mind you i mean like i said i mean he was doing so much off the court i mean he had his mamba academy he was doing interesting the storytelling he won an oscar a couple years ago for his uh basketball it was called basketball diaries i could be i could be wrong but yeah i mean he was doing so much and to lose him at this point is honestly it's been it's that's a that's a tragedy in itself and then on top of that of course he we lost Gigi, who i mean like i said i mean she was an up-and-coming basketball player herself i mean and kobe was just he was just having a ball just coaching her and so i remember when i'm and i believe i told this story before is that when people would talk to kobe like man you you and uh vanessa need to have a boy she was like no oh no and you and she would come like no i'm I, i'm taking over and me man i mean just from like the people who i know that has children that plays at the Mamba Academy and stuff like that who actually seen her play. I mean, she was she was up there. She was she was she was she was she was putting in work. And then on top of that, I mean, she was she looked like she was gonna go to uh, to Connecticut. And like I said, it's just a shame. It's just a shame, man. Um, 
Vanessa gave a very solid speech and I mean she held she held up and honestly I, I don't know how she did it um I know it's probably still still surreal for her and for uh, for their older daughter Natalia and um their other two children who they're they they may be too young but I mean somehow they'll they'll be affected by this as well but I mean but like I said I mean going back to Kobe the player I mean overall like I said I mean like I said anybody who knows me like me yeah I was definitely a Kobe hater because I was definitely tired of all these Laker fans like comparing saying ooh Kobe better than Jordan like yeah right but honestly as he got up there in age and I mean I started to really respect the way he played and start to and like look I mean you know what hey there's no, no nothing wrong with me liking both I mean I mean, like I said, I mean, his just relentlessness to me remind me so much of Jordan and the fact that, honestly, I wouldn't be the, a Mike fan if I didn't appreciate what Kobe was bringing to the game. Was that that was that that competitiveness, that ruthlessness, um, that that and you guys you guys hear me on here a lot about certain games where you got to put a, your proverbial boot on a player's throat. And that's what Kobe did. He put the proverbial boot on your throat and tried to kill you. And not literally, but in a basketball sense. And yeah, that made me that further appreciate him and appreciate his career. So like I said, hats off to the 2020 um, Hall of Fame enshrinement class. Um, we definitely have another star-studded one coming up uh, next year. Um, definitely me. You got the truth, Paul Pierce, going into the hall. Um, you get you got um, Chris Bosh, premier all-star Chris Bosh going. Um Former, um, well, um, uh, NBA head coach Rick Adelman. Um, you get Ben Wallace, Chris Weber going in, Jay, um, Jay Wright from Villanova, Yolanda Griffin from the WNBA, and former uh, three-time WNBA MVP and Lauren Jackson. So, yeah, um, I'm definitely interested to see. And also, I'm sorry. Also, Tony Kukoc from the Chicago um, from the Chicago Bulls, and I see a lot of casuals who are saying, "Oh, he doesn't deserve it. Robert Ory deserves it." First of all, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame; it's the it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. So this takes into account your international career. And Tony Kukoc, before he came to the pros, had a very decorated um, international career. And they were literally calling him the Michael Jordan of Europe before he came to the pros. So I know Rudy Tom Johnovich was barking um, yesterday during his speech about Robert Ory, and about yeah, and people in hell want ice water. Doesn't mean they're going to get it. So I mean, Robert Ory, I mean, he was a good player, and he basically in the right spot, place at the right time. But honestly, I mean, I mean, you look at me. No, no, no. Robert Ory does not deserve to be at only because he got seven rings. No, he does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Come on now. What kind of no, no, no. So <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna get on to the next topic and I'm gonna take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. So, look, I'm coming to talk to you guys about some NFL. All right. So, last last time I um I left, last time I was with you guys, that was around mid December. Um, interesting playoff to say the least. I'm not going to jump into it, but I do want to talk about the Super Bowl. My guys, definitely was not expecting what we saw. My God, the Chiefs got brutalized by the Buccaneers. I mean, true, yeah. Tampa was home for the first the first team to ever play a home Super Bowl. So they may have had a little advantage with that, but my gosh, I definitely was expecting expecting Kansas City to get mollywhopped the way they did because they got beyond manhandled and you kind of saw it from the beginning and you saw when Tampa uh, when Tampa started to run the ball on on a Kansas City that was the worst thing that that could, that could happen to him because you allow Brady to control the pace, control the tempo, his little sh- uh, his little dink and dunk, take a shot here and there, and yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing to see what had happened. And for Kansas City, and I do know Patrick Mahomes was missing uh, his his top two tackles, 
And I definitely see that that was a major sticking point for them this offseason was to boost up that offensive line because if they if they had their tackles, I not saying that they would have won, but honestly, it would have been a, a lot a better showing than what we got. And so, so that was the Super Bowl. And also, hats off to um, to the Tampa defense and, and defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, who of course didn't get a head coaching spot because he called a masterful defensive game. I mean, he didn't let he. I mean, he learned from the mistakes of what happened um, earlier in the season when they matched up. They did not allow Tyreek Hill to go off and 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 explode. They they pretty much kept the safety all over the top, and they basically took him out of the game. And they, they they conceded some things in the in the middle to Travis Kelsey, but I mean for the most part, Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. So honestly, I mean, even though Brady won the Super Bowl MVP, I, honestly, I would have given it to Tabo or either Devin White or De, uh, Levante Davis, somebody on that Tampa Bay defense. In my opinion, deserved that Super Bowl, but hey, that's that's neither here nor there. So uh, congrats to the Buccaneers and their fans for winning another Super Bowl. Anyway. Now, 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 now that I got that out the way, let's get on to some of the biggest news of this uh, of this offseason. First of all, you got Urban Meyer for some apparent reason decided to come to test his luck in the NFL. I really don't think that's going to go too well <laughs> because, I mean, usually coaches who come from the college ranks, it's a whirlwind. I mean, you're you're now working with grown ass adults with families. And some of that stuff that worked that worked in college is not going to fly in the pros. So I mean, he has to try to he has to find a way to galvanize his team and motivate them. I mean, these guys are professionals, and these, like I said, these guys have families, and yeah, it's, it's going to take a little bit more than some rah rah speeches and to get these players ready to go. But we'll see what happens. And speaking of Urban Meyer, he bought his former quarterback back in Tim Tebow. To play tight end, I don't know how, I don't know why, because I mean, what the last time we've seen Tim Tebow was what twenty? It's it's been I think like six six or six or seven years since we've seen him play in the NFL, and and I remember that I mean before he was um, finally let go, I mean he said that he felt that he felt he believed that. He, he wanted to play quarterback in the NFL. He felt that he's a quarterback and quarterback only because I remember um, some people people were saying, hey, look, switch to a tight end position. Honestly, if he would have switched to a tight end position maybe back then, he, he, may, he may have stuck around a little longer than what he did. And so now he couldn't cut it in baseball. He's now back in the NFL. And honestly, and this is a little quick tidbit, is that you have to be in the NFL for I believe four seasons to to get to be fully vested uh, uh, vested as an NFL veteran to where you get lifetime medical benefits. So I think Tim Tebow is shy of a few games by that. So honestly, I think just Urban Meyer just kind of bought him back just because hey, look, as a good as a good favorite to someone who helped him along the way, who who was a star quarterback and um, at the University of Florida. I guess he figured, you know, hey, you know what? Since you 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 did a lot for me, hey, look, I'm gonna help you out, get you these few games so you can get fully vested. Then he'll probably be cut maybe September, October. Because honestly, I just don't think that at this point, at in his life or in his career, the man is 33 years old. He's basically playing, like I said, he played quarterback. He went to baseball. Now he's trying to come back as a tight end. Mm, I'm not buying it too much. Um, but like I said, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm just want to see how he's gonna get off like a press coverage. How he's gonna, I mean, I just want to see the man's route running uh, at that. So on to other, on to more important things. Drew Brees retires. Um, as and I believe at that time, well, well, this well, this record is about to be broken by Brady as an all-time leader in passing yardage and TDs so Brady will break that this uh, probably within the first few weeks because I remember last year they were just kind of going back and forth so Breeze retired which definitely leaves a hole in the Saints either to be filled by Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill one of those two will succeed 
um, Drew Brees as the Saints signal caller. Um, I do um, I do remember in the draft that they were trying to trade up, believe to get Justin Fields or one of the one of the other quarterbacks that went up in the um, went early in the draft. So definitely going to be an interesting time in the NO to see what kind of gimmick Sean Payton pulls out for this season because I mean this is definitely a year of transition for the Saints. And so moving on, um, the NFL they finally have gotten their 17 game season. I'm personally am against it because I mean the NFL they're definitely contradicting themselves because they want to say hey look we're all for player safety however you want to add a 17th game onto the season which basically just shows me what i've been thinking i've been saying all along the nfl they don't care about their players they just want to just put on them this lip service to show they say that oh yeah we care about our players and the concussion thing uh, concussions are real and so man please because if they really cared they would not have tried to add a 17th game Basically, it's all about greed at this point. And honestly, I would not be surprised within the next maybe 15 years, they may try to slide an 18th game and a 19th and eventually maybe go all the way to 20. That's just my opinion. And honestly, it's going to suck because, I mean, a lot of these records that have stood the test of time, they're going to be shattered. And I mean, well, the only record that I don't think that would be broken because running backs aren't used like they were back in the day is Emmitt Smith's um, rushing record. I think unless Adrian Peterson can break it, it's going to be, that record is going to stand for a long, long time. Just because also, I mean, the NFL, they don't use running backs like they used to. I mean, I mean, you usually have to have like just one workhorse, one bell cow that would just get like 20, 25 carries in now, I mean, the NFL is not like that anymore. I mean, it's more of a passing league. Um, most teams, they run a two a two back offense or they run they like a, a three, a, um, a back uh, running back by committee. So, yeah, you don't. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah, you don't have like the, the single running back anymore. That's going to get all the touches and all the yardage. It's not going to happen anymore. So, yeah. Other than that, yeah, that's the only record that I believe that will stand for a long time. Um. Carson Wentz, um, my former quarterback with, uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, finally gets traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, it's been a tumultuous run, um, tail end of his run in Philadelphia after he tore his ACL and during the Eagles Super Bowl season. Um, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz, I mean, that's my guy. I mean, he had a, a very rough season last year. I mean, mind you, I'm a, I'm a Wentz supporter. Um, I was that, that was my guy. I mean, and it's just not because I mean, I mean, I, I like the way that I mean, one, he was he was mature coming out. I mean, he had he had the talent. Also, I mean, like I said, I mean, his faith also. I mean, of course, I mean, hey, it was. I mean, he was out front about it, which is definitely commendable. And so, yeah, I mean, I was drawn to him. That was my guy, Winsylvania. I mean, I remember calling up to a couple of my podcast friends and saying, hey, get on the winch train. And I said this after the they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 16. I'm sorry, no, in, in week three of the 2016 season. So he gets reunited with his former uh, quarterback coach, Frank Wright. Um, I'm just hoping that. He plays well and is able to rejuvenate his career, even though, I mean, true, yeah, the Eagles, we definitely do have some draft capital tied into the way he plays, because if he plays 75% of his snaps next uh, this coming season, the, the Eagles, that second round pick that, that they traded for, gets moved up to a first round pick. So, honestly, I mean, I think, I think he could do it, because honestly, I mean, aside from the benching um, this past, um, last season, I mean, he was healthy, and honestly, he was healthy last year in 2019, aside from like that cheap shot concussion. Yeah, I said it. The cheap shot concussion from Jadavian Clowney in the playoff game. Other than that, he's been healthy. So, yeah. I mean, good luck to Carson. Hey, hope you do well. Um, yeah. see what, Let's see if you can regenerate your career. Um, the second um, bit of news that I definitely want to talk about is the Deshaun Watson drama. Now, this part of me, it definitely has me kind of looking at it side side eye because I mean Deshaun Watson. I mean, he asked for a trade. 
because I mean the fact of the matter look you're you're you, you're trading all the, from the Houston Texans they're trading all of his best players they trade they traded JJ Watt to the um to the Cardinals no I'm sorry they let JJ Watt go and he ended up signing with the Cardinals last year you traded uh DeAndre Hopkins for a ham sandwich and, and some Cheetos and so it's like Deshaun Watson is like looking like dude what's here what's around me I mean you got off, off you got often injured Will Fuller and now he's definitely going to be missing some time for the suspension for PEDs. And it's like, dude, what, what am I left with? I mean, you got a crappy coach in Bill O'Brien who was fired um, early early last season. And it's like, dude, get me out of here. So he's asking for a trade. Now, after, now, now, all of a sudden, after he asked for a trade, now all these women came out saying that he sexually um, harassed them. And it's like, come on now, this this is just so obvious on what's going on. And I mean, it's a smear campaign, in my opinion. It's definitely a smear campaign. Because like I said, where was all this last year? Now all of a sudden, now we get 22, uh, 22 cases of women allegedly saying that he sexually uh, molested them. And you know what? And you know what? This man might have. He might have actually done this. But my thing is though, where was all this? The last couple years, me, I don't know, I don't know. And please, the the Me Too movement, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not coming, I'm not saying that. I mean, I mean, like I said, this man could very well be innocent, you know, could be guilty. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I just hope the man, and like I said, I mean, honestly, I man, I really I hope he didn't do it. I really hope he didn't do it because I mean, if he did, I mean, he's definitely gonna his career is definitely gonna take a hit. I mean, it's already taking a hit now. However, I mean, you seen what um, what happened with Big Ben Roethlisberger after his two rapes, um, rape cases. However, that was uh, miraculously swept under the rug. But hey, I won't get into that because we all know what that is. Mm, white privilege. But then finally, A-Rod, Aaron, um, the league MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Now, mind you, he had a subpar NFC championship game which honestly, I still felt he should have just ran. He should have just ran the ball in uh, to the end zone. And honestly, shoot, they should have went for it on fourth down, down because I mean they they had the ball right there in the red zone. I mean, dude, you have a, a a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, and of course Matt Lafleur decides to kick the ball, dummy. And of course you don't get the ball back, and you get you let Tom Brady have the have. <laughs> have the ball with the lead with time running down you know he's gonna convert so anyway so with that being said that that already left uh a sour mark mark with Aaron Rodgers because he's like dude I'm the man let's go for it and of course his coach didn't have the confidence to do so so now going into draft day I mean it was fairly quiet until like the eve of the draft when Aaron Rodgers dropped a bomb saying that he wanted to be traded which threw the whole NFL in <laughs> upside down because like dude this is this isn't just no ordinary quarterback this is Aaron freaking Rodgers uh four-time MVP and arguably one of the one of the greatest throws to, to throw the football and are honestly probably arguably my favorite quarterback in, in the game today so so immediately people started to kind of throw some teams that are rumored I mean you got the Oakland Raiders you got the Denver Broncos, honestly, where honestly, I think would would be a perfect fit because I mean they already got three good three uh three good wide receivers out there. You got a solid defense with Von Miller coming back, a solid running game, high altitude. My goodness, Denver would be a solid uh, spot for uh, for Aaron Rodgers to go. But my goodness, just think about it. You would get two two games a year. Aaron Rodgers versus Pat Mahomes. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm low-key salivating right now just thinking about it. Man. But yeah, the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, what other teams were looking? What well, I mean, I, I know the Eagles, they were kind of snooping around there a little bit. But um also a team that makes perfect six sense is the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is from the Bay Area, and that's a team that's ready to win now. And you put him in with Kyle Shanahan, Aaron Rodgers would tear up the league. And like I said, I mean, he, I mean, he, are, he will already have a solid running game, a solid defense, and weapons on the outside, including 
um, arguably the best tight end in the game in George Kittle. So Aaron Rodgers right there, that is the number one um, newsmaker this offseason. So with that being said, want to go into the um, the coaching hires. Um, we did get a couple minority coaches. I will say that I'm definitely happy about that. But honestly, I really felt that top bowls deserve a shot at getting um, a head coaching, um, get one of these head coaching vacancies. Of course, Urban Meyer to the Jaguars. Shaq Khan, yeah, they 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 spared no expense to, to bring Urban Meyer to Jacksonville. Will it work? Man, nah, I'm not seeing anything that has Jaguars on it to do anything irrelevant in the near future. True, they they did get Trevor Lawrence, and true, they have a ton of salary cap, so we'll see what they can do. Um, you get Brandon Staley, um, the new head coach of the Chargers. Um, not really too sure about this move. Um, but like I said, it's the Chargers, so who knows what they're what they're thinking. Um, you get you got Arthur Smith, who I, I honestly thought was going to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, but he goes to the Atlanta Falcons. He was a former OC for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, then you get Dan Campbell, who was an assistant to um, Sean Payton down in New Orleans. He's the new head coach of the Lions. He's one that's saying that we're going to take out ankles and doing this whole rah-rah speech. You can definitely tell that. I mean, he's, a, he's and also he's also a former tight end in the NFL, but he has like that old, that old school mentality, which I mean, will be definitely good for the Motor City. Also, he also hired my man, my main man, Deuce Staley as his running backs coach. And honestly, he's going to definitely give Deuce um, a chance at call, possibly calling some plays and possibly moving up in the coaching ranks. So yeah, I mean, Deuce is definitely a good coach who definitely deserves a chance at a head coaching spot so hopefully uh, with this new role in Detroit he's able to get there um David Culley um he's um now he's the new head coach of the, uh, the Houston Texas he was formerly um a wide receiver one of the wide receivers coaches for the Baltimore Ravens and I think this was this was one of those hires where you try to you, you're trying to get Deshaun Watson to stay because originally he wanted he wanted Eric Bieniemy as head coach. However, the Houston Texans they didn't even they didn't even uh, request an interview for Eric Bieniemy until way late in the game. Where and of course they were saying that he didn't do well in the interview. So they, in order to keep Deshaun Watson, they bought in David Cully. Now David Cully, like I said, I mean he's an older coach. Um, honestly, I really don't think he's going to last, um, this season. So yeah, I think this is just a, a, a hire that honestly will, will, Houston will be looking for a new head coach next season. Watch, mark my words. And finally, uh, my Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they replaced, uh, Super Bowl winning head coach Doug Peterson with Nick Sirianni. Um, Sirianni was the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts under Frank Wright. So I guess with the Eagles that if you can't get Frank Wright back, bring the next closest thing is that, and that's his, uh, is his, um, offensive coordinator. Now, with that being said, let's move on to the biggest move this off season. First of all, you get JJ Watt and AJ Green, both going to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, JJ Watt, formerly of the Houston Texans. Texans, along with uh, Perino, um, All-Pro, A.J. Green. Now, with that being said, what 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 A.J. Green are we getting? Because, honestly, A.J. Green has been injured for a number of seasons now. Um, he was, like I said, I mean, he was a definitely, he was like, like, when he came in, like, his first few seasons, I mean, he was he was he was one of the best wide receivers in the game for the Bengals. And, yeah, he was a Perino, All-Pro, um, putting up major numbers. However, the last couple seasons, I mean, he's been pretty banged up. Um, 2018, um, didn't really put up good numbers. He missed all of 2019 and 2020, had another rough year. I mean, man, he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2017. And for the most part, yeah, it's just been up and down. I mean, I'm really hoping that he's able to regain um, that that, that all pro status because I mean he has Hall of Fame potential. It's just like the matter that he's just been so banged up as of late. And so I mean 
definitely were interested to see which AJ Green we get when when he played when they suited up for the Cardinals. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the first time since possibly the night the seventy Steelers is that you have a defending Super Super Bowl champion bringing back all of its major pieces. Now, typically, especially nowadays, due to like the salary cap, I mean, if you win the Super Bowl, you get teams coming in wanting to just ready on just kind of just um um rage your team for your best players um but somehow some way the Buccaneers they were able to bring all their pieces back like Levante David um Adamic and Sue um Leonard Fournette Antonio Brown so I mean like I said this is very this is unprecedented in in these days uh, this time I'm sorry this day and age where yeah I mean teams definitely do not look the same coming um coming back the next season especially after you win a Super Bowl so I mean Tampa Bay they definitely have the nucleus and possibly are the odds on favorite to win another Lombardi trophy um Bill Belichick him and the Patriots they re um they retool um they're getting a lot of players back from the COVID list from last year so um, you are, you're also getting, um, they also signed Janu Smith, former tight end for the Tennessee Titans, as well as Hunter Henry from the Chargers. So they're, they're looking to kind of, re, I believe they're looking to recreate that, that Gronk and Aaron Hernandez deal where they get two solid tight ends and just kind of work that and work that game. Um, you get another, you get another season with Cam Newton coming back as well as, um, they also signed uh, Nelson Aguilar, who had a rebirth with the Oakland Raiders. Let's see what he can do um, in New England. Also, they also got uh, Eagles defensive back, uh, former defensive back Jalen Mills, um, the Green Goblin, heading up there to New England. So, I mean, I'm definitely anxious to see how he does in an actual in 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 a sophisticated defense like Belichick. Um, I'm definitely interested to see how he uses Mills and see. The difference the way Belichick uses Mills as a way he was used in Philadelphia under Jim Schwartz. Um, another, oh, they also um, bought back uh, Trent Brown from um, who they originally had. They traded him to the Raiders. Now they traded back, traded him back. And so he had to help boost that offensive line and definitely protect their new potential franchise QB. And I will get to that in a moment. Okay, family, I'm back. I'm back. And so the 2021 NFL draft was held in Cleveland, Ohio, first energy stadium, home of the Cleveland Browns. So, of course, everybody already knows that, hey, the top overall pick was Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was that was already set in stone as soon as the season ended. Um, the next pick was Zach Wilson to the New York Jets. Um, there were a number of teams that tried to go up in the draft and get him, including the, the 49ers. The the, um, the Atlanta Falcons, the Philadelphia Eagles, even the New Orleans Saints tried to jump up and get him. Um, and you also had the 49ers who they tried to get Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, this is definitely going to be interesting, some, some interesting times in the Bay Area as the 49ers have Jimmy G. And from what I'm hearing is definitely not happy about the 49ers latest rookie. Now you have the Atlanta Falcons who took the first the first non-quarterback off the board and that tight end Kyle Pitts, which that's definitely going to be a weapon for, for Matty Ice down there. I mean, you already got Julio. You, are, you also got um, Calvin Ridley. And now you add a legitimate unicorn at tight end who you can also split out to that offense is that's going to be filthy. So, I mean, if Matt Ryan can, can stay upright, I mean, the Falcons have a chance to possibly with that offense definitely make uh, a possible uh, run at a wild card spot then you have the first wide receiver going off the board and that was the Cincinnati Bengals and that was a uh, wide receiver Jamar Chase who t- who was um who sat out last season due to co uh, due to the COVID and so he was the first wide receiver taken big body receiver um solid leaping ability a lot of people 
um, have him compared to like um, players like such as like Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, just as like terms like a big body receiver. So he's definitely looking to um, he can definitely be a star. And he's also teaming up with his former college QB and Joe Burrow. So Cincinnati looking to do a little reun- uh, reuniting. Uh, so reuniting with Joe Burrow and Jamar, Jamar Chase. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, they uh, they took the first Alabama Alabama player in Jalen Waddle, which was, um, which I mean, I'm definitely not surprised by that. I mean, Jalen uh, Jalen Waddle uh, was arguably one of the better wide receivers last year, and however, he was hurt, so he is. So yeah, so yeah, there's definitely some question marks about his health and how will he do. So yeah, he's going to Miami. The Lions drafted um, tackle um, Panay Sewell from Oregon. Um, the Carolina Panthers took the first uh, defensive player, and that's J.C. Horn. Uh, for everybody who knows, that is the son of former wide, uh, NFL wide receiver Joe Horn. Uh, might remember this is the Joe Horn who um, uh, pulled out a cell phone after scoring a touchdown. And mind you, Joe Horn um, he definitely made some comments uh, after the draft. He he was definitely disappointed that not a lot of people were talking about his son going to the Carolina Panthers. I'm like Joe, stop it. Because he was complaining that um, a lot of people were more concentrating on Aaron Rodgers and some of the other things instead of his son. And I'm like, Joe, just sit down, man. Just sit down. I mean, you're like I said, you're you're the one that put a cell phone under the goalpost and, and pulled it out after scoring a touchdown, man. Just shut up. Um, next up, um, a player who I wanted my Philadelphia Eagles to draft was cornerback Patrick Sertain from Alabama. Arguably, the arguably, my opinion, the best corner. In the draft, I mean, um, he's like a, ta- a tactician at the cornerback position, so definitely a, a good pickup by the Broncos. Next up was my Philadelphia Eagles, who traded, who were originally were originally going into the draft. They were number six. I was actually hoping that they were going to pick Jamar Chase. However, they traded back to number twelve with Miami. They were able to get Miami's first round pick next year, which is okay. And they moved up. They moved back um, back up to, um, two spots with the Dallas Cowboys after after they saw Patrick Sertain being taken by the Broncos. So they traded with the, with their their rivals, the Cowboys. They jumped over their other rival, the New York Giants, <laughs> and 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 and, pick, and drafting um, Devontae Smith who won uh, last year's Heisman, tro- and who was the Heisman Trophy winner from a year ago. Um, he definitely helps fill uh, fills the boy, uh, void at wide receiver. Um, Devontae Smith is, is definitely a crisp route runner, has has great hands, um, a lot of concern about his body because he has a, he's a small, he's a, has a small frame. So definitely would like for him to put on a couple extra pounds. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of experts kind of compare him to a Marvin Harrison type, so we'll see what happens. I mean, you're you're pairing him back with his former QB at uh, Alabama, Jalen Hurts, so that should be an, another another um, pair reunited. So after uh, the Eagles, the Bears have, may have finally finally drafted their their franchise QB in Justin Fields from that that other school. Yeah. yeah. And then you get the Dallas Cowboys who picked Michael Parsons from Penn State. And then the Chargers, they took uh, Northwestern uh, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. Honestly, I, I would have I been very happy with Rashawn Slater if the Eagles had picked him. Um, Jets, they picked um, um, offensive guard from USC, Elijah Vera Tucker. The New England Patriots picked up quarterback Matt Jones, who could be their future quarterback. Their, I'm sorry, their future franchise quarterback. Definitely interested to see because honestly, man, I couldn't tell you the last QB to really make it in the NFL. I believe you have to go back to Joe Namath for the last time you actually had a quarterback from Alabama to succeed. So other than that, I mean, that, those are just like the main picks that I really wanted to go. I wanted to go by or go off of. I mean, you got um, some other picks like the Steelers drafting Alabama running back uh, Najee Harris. Um, Cutie Pay, the defensive end from Michigan, going to the Colts. So, um, yeah, that's it for the NFL draft. Um, definitely interested to see 
um, what happens coming in uh, with some of these rookies. Um, definitely a few of them I do expect that I think that's going to make a solid impact. Um, but but like anything with the draft, it's a crapshoot. So with that being said, yeah. So that's gonna call that's gonna call this show to a close. Thank you guys for coming back to another episode of the Three One Zero Podcast. I promise you, I promise you, I will not stay long. I will not stay gone as long as I did. I appreciate all the folks that have tuned in um, throughout the, the the two years that I've been doing this. I've had I've had a great time, and I plan on continuing to go forward with this podcast game into the future. So, if you want to get in contact with the show, hit me at, at the three one zero podcast at gmail.com. If you want to uh, shoot me a, a, a quick email, I'll read it on the air. Let me know what you guys think about this this these NBA playoffs. Hey, do you like your team's um, moves this offseason? What do you think about the draft? Do you guys think we'll win rookie that rookie of the year? So, with that being said, um, also. Um, a couple of shout outs I want to give. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to my wife. Um, I really appreciate her for all that she does. She does for me, especially when I was sick. My God, she was a trooper because honestly, I'm not the, I'm not the nicest person when I'm sick. And so I really appreciate you, honey, for uh, really taking care of me while I was down. Um, my um, our baby boy, Kason, who is the the lifeblood is the is the life of the party right now he's getting big um he's he's just now starting to walk got his little um he's got his little his first tooth coming in so it's some very interesting times going going around the kmart household as well as i'm about to be a girl dad coming in about to be a girl dad in august so yeah we're expecting a baby girl can't wait to meet her and so, yeah, that's like I said, it's a lot going on. It, it was a lot that I had to attend to um, while I was out. And so with that being said, I'm, I'm going to close this um, this show out. And once again, I'm your man, Kmart. I'll catch up with you later. Peace.